0: the people in life are countless, so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Side and sidequests. and sidequests. Side side Episode 70, Thistle the Sky Elf Painter. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt crenwogi the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Catherine Spitler's table in the levitating platter. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion. I'm joined this week by a wonderful guest, but before we get to my guest, you know I always have to leave you in suspense. This podcast is brought to you by our first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda, previous guest, is the mastermind behind this mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got beard balms named after all the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, apply it to your facial features, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant with Terrible Games, iToaster, a Brave Little Toaster-inspired TTRPG, And down we go, a game which seeks to capture the heart of old school tabletop gaming, as well as this really cool sci-fi spacey one called Through the Void, uh, which seems pretty gnarly as well. If you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something or supporting them on Patreon or the like, it helps all funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So, I would highly encourage you to go on over to Tony and Plus One EXP's socials on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch in order to keep up with all the various projects that he's working on as well as upcoming interviews one shots and actual plays of some of these amazing indie games and if you don't mind when you go to plusonexp.com use my affiliate code randolph and you're going to save some money whenever you buy a beard balm or a beard rpg game these savings are no additional cost to you and again that code is randolph at checkout on the website plusonexp.com all right after getting through that hello mystery guest would you care to introduce yourself to our lovely podcast audience
1: Hello, um, my name is Katherine Spittler, and uh, you and I are work friends. We work together, and uh, professionally, I'm a graphic designer, kind of been an artist uh, on the side for most of my life, and then uh, I'm a full-time mom otherwise, so yeah, it's good to be here.
0: Yeah, and you know, you do play in a and d campaign with me as well. That's true,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty softball question here, but do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, like you said, I currently play in uh, the campaign you're running right now, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and I have been playing uh, fifth edition D&D, uh, I want to say definitely since 2016. I think that's the year I really got into it. Um, up until recently with your campaign, I had been playing uh, with Adventures League through mm-hmm. my local game stores, which was an excellent way to like get started and face to face with people. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I learned a lot that way. I got my start as many of your listeners probably, uh, and many, many D&D fans did, by watching you know Critical Role and, and stuff like that and loved it so much. I wanted to try the game and there you go, here I am.
0: I was going to say, I've never done Adventurer's League myself, because uh, I started in college on the fourth edition. So I've just always played with groups of friends and stuff. But what's Adventurer's League uh, been like?
1: Uh, it was it was cool. I mean, I, I literally when I wanted to start playing, I hopped onto Google and just said, where can I start playing d <laughs> and I showed up and the people there were super nice. So it's a really cool um, it's organized play. So mm-hmm. the idea is that you kind of get like a number, you know, assigned to you. And the idea is that you can go to any participating store, library, whoever like runs an Adventures League game. Uh, you can go to a place in Seattle, Washington, or Buffalo, New York, where I'm from, or, you know, anywhere in the world, really, I think. And you can, you take a character and you can bring them with you, provided you, there's certain things that are, are AL legal, more rules than a homebrew game. There's a campaign, you know, the books that come out, you know, like they did one for Storm King's Thunder, uh, Yawning Portal, that, that type of thing. And uh, you, you play through a campaign with the same table the whole way through, anywhere from a year to six months, depending. And there's also like pickup games, like one shots you, you, we, we would do on the weekends from time to time. And it was great. I was a player for most of it. I actually DM'd uh, my very first campaign <laughs> uh, <laughs> once, which was uh, respect. Respect to all you DMs out there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great way to get started, especially if you want to connect with your local community. And I know that some people kind of went off and did, they found friends, they found a table they loved and went off and did a homebrew game. So actually your campaign is my first uh, homebrew experience, which has been awesome. So there you go.
0: Well, yeah. And as you were speaking with your uh, your first stepping into a DM shoes, um, and I've complimented you on our homebrew game because Uh, While it certainly is uh, a collective brainchild of all of the players in the game and, uh, you know, my wife and I uh, certainly developing a fair bit of lore. Uh, But you and I, surprisingly, because your character is from where the adventure is taking place, we've developed a significant amount of lore that's had major uh, implications uh, with the homebrew setting, which has been kind of a wonderful discovery along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, thank you for (laughs) entertaining some of my ideas and questions, but I just love world building in general, whether it's for uh, tabletop games or just kind of coming up with stories or whatnot. It's a personally fascinating topic. So it's been a lot of fun kind of building out the world we're playing in.
0: Well, this podcast is called Sidekicks and Side Quests, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you: Do you happen to have a favorite NPC, whether they're from an RPG, a video game, movie, film, television, etc.? And why are they your favorite? I might have some suspicions, but I'll wait to see what you actually say is the answer.
1: Can I? Can I only give one answer?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess I might I've have given multiple answers. I suppose I'll allow it.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I guess, again, because it's where my love of D&D started. I obviously have to, you know, reference critical role. Um, I think a lot of people loved this NPC uh, from campaign one but Victor the black powder merchant just has a special <laughs> place I think in the heart of it. <laughs> it was the first time like one of the first times I, I literally like lol laughed out loud just like it was it was so funny um there's so many good ones but I that's obviously just one that makes me laugh every time um I am a huge huge Bioware uh fan all their, their games I just adore and I'm actually starting a uh, new playthrough of the Mass Effect games I'd done it you know back when they came out and I'm doing it again and uh I've always loved uh garris he's he's got to be my favorite uh the uh the crewmates (laughs) just yeah i don't know just just the the way they wrote him everything from the i just love the design of the turians in general Mm -hmm. um and just like the friendship that you build, whether or not you are, you know, you're just friends or you're romantic or whatever. Like, it's just, I think, a really well-written character. And I love that arc of the kind of like, just the arc that he goes through. It's just fascinating. And then if you do happen to kind of get in a relationship or whatnot, just like the the cool dialogue that you get, it's, it's just a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun.
0: I think you and I have both joked about, you know, with Bioware games that the uh, the romance component is essential to saving the world. So if you never romance, it is. it's like you can't <laughs> yes. save the universe if you don't romance Garrus.
1: I mean, yeah, like it's funny because I didn't the first time through and after playing the game, I'm like, I gotta <laughs> like this. Is, it's just too like I love just the arc that you go through if you choose that. It's just, I think, one of the, one of the best, the richest, um, just the way I play everything. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say that. And I, I could go on and on about other games and whatnot, but we'll, uh, if you want me to, I will, but if not, uh, we can go on to the next, uh, stuff.
0: I mean, if there's a, yeah, I mean, if there's another NPC that kind of speaks to you on a deep level, yeah. Whether well, I mean, it could be from a tabletop game. It could be from another Bioware <laughs> enterprise, I suppose.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, surprisingly D and D is the only tabletop game that I've really played, you know, beyond just like board games and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll leave it there. Like if if we were, I could talk an entire podcast about my favorite Bioware games and all the characters that I I love. Um, So highly recommend if you haven't played
0: (laughs) this little game called, it's called Mass Effect. Yeah, I think, yeah, the Legendary Edition just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but also kind of thinking about D&D, Dragon Age is very much like inspired by its fantasy. It's very much inspired by D&D. Mm -hmm. um love 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 that um actually one of my favorite npcs ends up being a well a villain and i'll leave it there because i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but also Mm -hmm. again awesome writing excellent characters um highly recommend uh check them out so
0: and then as far as the side quest portion of the podcast do you happen to have a favorite side quest from an rpg video game movie film television etc and uh why has it been one of your favorite side quests
1: (laughs) well i was thinking about this earlier and i was having a really tough time actually um but again if just off the top of my head um one of the reasons i loved the most recent dragon age game dragon age inquisition was just the fact that you could gosh explore for hours and hours and hours these beautiful landscapes and get lost in anything as simple as I need to pick this much elf root to make a special potion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just completely ignore the giant gaping hole in the sky over here. Um, But I think uh, one of my favorites was there's a particular companion that you can recruit and he has a very unique story and that he's a little bit, he's caught between being a spirit and being a human. And again, I don't want to give too much away for those who who will play. Uh, his name is Cole. Um, and though I, I remember not playing a ton with him, but I just remember loving the way that his, like each character has kind of their own side quests that you can follow through the game. And it, it was just fascinating to kind of like, kind of dip a toe into that because the, the world of like spirits and, and, you know, reality material, you know, plane if you will, um meeting and that dynamic is very important to the game. He's kind of a, a manifestation of that and the choice you get to make kind of as his story progresses, you can kind of push him one way or the other. It was really interesting and, and different and uh, how they wrote him was, was really cute. And uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to say that off the top of my head, that's what comes to mind. There's so many good ones to choose from, but I'll stick with that for now
0: okay cool yeah we're already here at the last question of the personal interview section but what are you passionate about and why
1: mm. um i have always i mean since i is one of the things since i could pick up a pencil pick up a crayon like i wasn't passionate about uh art and you know drawing painting that sort of thing and it's how i told stories as a kid like i'd come up with these crazy stories in my head and i would fill spiral bound notebooks of literally as I, if i look back on them it would look like either comic strips or storyboards like fill them up um and you know it's ebbed and flowed <laughs> throughout the years depending on what else is going on in my life um but that's always kind of been a continuum you know and i mean right now in the phase of life i'm, I'm a mom to a beautiful boisterous almost two-year-old boy and so just really kind of embracing motherhood and learning all about that, how to navigate that. And it's been an adventure and I love him <laughs> so much. He, he keeps us busy.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 We uh, we bond over that, uh, you know, being parents in a pandemic of young boys and raising mm-hmm. them the right way. Yeah. So we we oftentimes commiserate of like, oh, man, a sleepless night or oh, what's he doing this time or what's he doing this week? So. Mm-hmm. It's good out there, parent listeners, I guess, of the podcast to make sure you have those parent friends that you're checking in with and bonding with. To you know, because it, it takes it takes a village to raise a kid. I think is the yes, sound, right? it
1: does. It absolutely does. And you know, make and something else kind of blending with what we've been talking about is making time for fun things that are like playing D anD D. It yep. brings me a lot of joy. It, it's and it's you need something for yourself. Something that it's not connected to anything. It's not useful, (laughs) you know, it's strictly for fun and filling your cup, laughter and imagination and you need it. And it's really important. And it's something that I will say I'm passionate about is advocating for parents, especially moms to make space for that and, and make it a priority. It's really important to mental health, to friendships, to just, you know, your identity. So go out there and find something that you have fun with.
0: Well, we've learned a lot here about our guest, Catherine. So now I think it's time we head into some NPC creation. Well, uh, since it's now live, uh, NPC creation is brought to you by you. So everyone who supports the podcast. So uh, if you go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicksandsidequests, you can join the cheapest Patreon account ever. Uh, I think they're one, two, and four dollars. So it's a bargain. And just for a dollar, you get your name uh, posted up on the website, Uh, two dollars, we'll give you a cheers. So at this point in the recording, we don't have any patrons yet to give a two dollar loud hurrah to, but this is where we do that. And then of course, uh, if you're a four dollar patron, Uh, You get to add an element of chance. That means you get to contribute to all the random tables that are here in the NPC creation part of the show. So hopefully that's a good enticement uh, to just, you know, help this show continue to grow. I mean, I'm going to continue offering it for free, but, you know, if you love it, give me a little bit of kickback on Patreon and and I'd appreciate it. So But okay, in talking in advance and preparing for this section, you said you had some loose ideas of what kind of a character you were interested in, but otherwise you were going to leave the rest of it to fates. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So what kind of a mold are we working with today?
1: Sure. So I think the only kind of characteristic that I wanted to include is that regardless of race, gender, location, whatever, um I would like this character to be an artist of some sort kind of playing off of my own background and and everything that I love with that um this character is an artist whether probably a painter you know portraitist of some sort um and so that's you know an integral element of who they are and potentially it may have it could have something to do with the side quest that they would then send our uh, our players upon
0: Okay, so just so I understand, we've already got the job locked in and then possibly the side quest that they're going to offer up. Yes. Okay. Lucy, all right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the first thing that we do get to roll for randomly is the character name. So uh, you'll need a d20. And then give yes. that a roll, and we'll let you know what your character name is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that is a
1: nine.
0: Nine. Okay. Uh, your character's name is Thistle. Thistle. Yeah, like cool. a like a plant, like a thistle. Yeah, I like okay. it. Now we get to determine what is the ancestry of this character. This will be a D100 or a two D10 roll. All right. Let me just fish that
1: out. Okay. Here we go. All right. Seventy-six.
0: 76 as I check the list. Oh, okay. All right. We're in the elf category, which means like this is like standard D&D elf. So that means we could have a high slash sun elf, a moon elf, wood, sea, sky, shadow, drow, a ladrin, or like a half elf variation. So thistle is some kind of elf. What elf? What's your flavor? This is Baskin Robbins. What flavor of elf would you like? <laughs> Ooh, good question which i think also in real life you and me talking while we work is like you're like oh i really like elves and i especially like oh, the elves yes. in our home game so
1: yes i love they're one of my favorite races from because i'm a tolkien fan and so you know it's it's uh they're one of my favorites um ooh, how many are there can i roll for it
0: okay i guess it's eight categories i guess so that's a okay. d8 And then the half could just be like if if you wanted a coin flip for it or even or odd for if you wanted it it to be a half or not. All
1: right. Well, first, I'm going to roll the d8.
0: Okay, Okay, a five. Uh, Let's see. One, two, three, four. Sky Elf, I guess. Ooh, sure. I love it. Okay. I don't know. Do you want a half Sky Elf or do you just want a full Sky Elf?
1: I like the full Let's okay, go full so Thistle
0: elf. is a Sky Elf. Okay, so this is the second mm-hmm. Sky Elf we've had on the podcast thus far, so. Okay, cool. cool. Okay, so the question is, what is your job or role in society? Painter, like a master painter then?
1: Yeah, and like a you know portraitist, like oil paint and, you know, probably takes commissions, that sort of thing. Fine artist.
0: Fine artist. Works in many a court of uh, Sky Elf nobility or just nobility in general, I suppose. Sure. Let's see the age range of this character. So that is going to be also a D8 to roll. Okay.
1: That is a six.
0: Elder. Okay, so this Sky Elf is a little bit older Uh, in their life cycle. So I think according to Hoyle, uh, it says Elves lived up to like 750. And obviously with homebrew settings and stuff, it might be different, but elders the category of the age range of the elf I don't know if a number just automatically pops into your head or not but
1: let's say around 700
0: a 700 year old sky elf named Thistle okay alright so now we get to take a pause this is where your graphic designer brain gets to come in so now we have to come up with a physical description so when we picture Thistle what are we seeing mm -hmm. based on what we know
1: okay Remind me really quick. With sky elves, they they do have wings, correct?
0: Yes, they do have large angelic-like wings that okay. protrude from their back.
1: Okay, right. Um, well, I guess taking a little maybe bit bird-like. of
0: inspiration. Oh, okay. I, hmm. I guess it could be bird-like if you wanted it to be. I mean, I could Google it real quick, but I know it's aerial. No, no, no. I
1: think. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a picture in my head here. So. Uh, I I kind of like, you know, kind of from her name, almost. Um, So I imagine, actually, kind of like a shorter hair on the short side, not like completely, you know, closely cropped, but but shorter, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not a little like a long pixie cut. Um, Her coloration is very much kind of like soft greens with maybe purple, Um, whether it's, her feathers or the wings are kind of this, this mix, maybe like it starts there's green and purple in her wings and the feathers. Um, hmm. And I would think like, maybe the tiny like, you know, little tiny baby feathers would kind of, you know, trail up like her neck into her hair, maybe a little bit, um, maybe here and there patterns of it, you know, over her skin, I'd say like, you know, kind of medium fair skin. I like the idea of kind of like violet, like light purple kind of eyes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then her clothing, I don't know if
0: that's something we roll for. Yeah, but, no, 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 uh, no. Know, it's all part of, of physical description.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, again, she kind of has a theme going, <laughs> leaning into the uh, her her name. Um, again, similar, you know, mi- mixtures of, you know, maybe gray and brown, but with kind of accents of the green and the, the light purple in there as well. Um, given that she's a painter, I imagine she, when she's working, she would wear an apron of some, sort, like a, a finely made smock over, you know, relatively simple, but finely made um, clothing, you know, a nice blouse with a skirt and some boots with the apron over it, with various, you know, paintbrushes and whatnot. You know, her. I imagine like her clothing itself is pretty pristine, but the the apron itself is just like a, oh my goodness, it's a, a, almost a work of art in and of itself with how much you, can, you know, this has been well loved, <laughs> well used. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that.
0: And if you had to describe Thistle with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you pick? Mm, good
1: question. I would say, certainly, I, I, I like to imagine that she is, there's there's certainly a a quirky element. I know it's kind of a general term, but this, like, you know, she, she's an artist, you know, kind of lean into that, like, very, I'll just say quirky. You can interpret that however. Uh, you want, but then I would say also kind, you know, it, it's, it's, she's, she's very personable, warm, you know, that warm kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see a third, I'm trying to, I'm blanking.
0: Is there like some flaw or vice that she has that like comes through as one of the adjectives that, mm-hmm. you know, she's this artist, but like, you know, she's always seeking perfection. And so she's like, she has <laughs> these bouts of like being really temperamental or the fact that she's 700 years old. Maybe she just doesn't care. She's like, oh, I'll work that flaw into the, into it. I'll figure out some well, way to happy, happy, it. Happy in. accidents. <laughs> yeah. Bob Ross, it. she Bob Rosses it all the time or something.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, actually, I do like they did because it's not completely autobiographical, (laughs) but maybe inserting a little bit of me uh, into her with that idea of like, maybe she's a perfectionist. Um, And yeah, if if something like seemingly, you know, she'll be happily chatting with somebody and working on it. And all of a sudden, you know, she gets really frustrated with the, oh, she messed this one little thing up or, oh, someone's touching her paints that were put together just the right way. Um, And you'll see that kind of, very, very spunky, kind of snarky. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, the, that perfectionist. Her feathers
0: floof up, really.
1: Yes, they kind of bristle up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who was in it, here yes. touching my stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So now we get to go back to rolling some dice. Now we have to figure out what's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that Thistle ascribes to. So the first thing we have to roll is a D4 to figure out the category. And then we're going to roll a D6 from within that category. Okay.
1: So I got a three.
0: Three is a secret. Juicy. Okay. Now you get to roll a D6. (laughs) All right. Two. Two. (laughs) Okay. This answer was submitted by previous guest and uh, sponsor of the show, Tony Vicinda. Thistle is in love with one of the player characters. So, 700-year-old female. That's up for your campaign to figure out how that happens, but apparently the secret is is that Thistle's in love with one of the player characters of your game. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> we need to figure out what's going to be a particular side quest that Thistle would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do on her behalf. So, if you want to roll for it, it's a D12 or otherwise, you know, if you're already inspired, what do you thinking is going to be a side quest?
1: Well, I would say I kind of had two directions that it could go in. So maybe within one of those, we could then roll. One would either be about, uh, you know, almost like material acquisition. You know, she's commissioned to paint a very important portrait, and there's just this shade of blue or red or you know some shade of color that just like it requires a very rare ingredient to get just that right pigment and so it's kind of almost like a fetch quest a gather quest to to bring that back or it could uh, be something along the lines of, um, you know, maybe someone is uh, almost like making forgeries of her work or is like trying to like, mm. you know, ride her coattails or kind of, you know, steal her reputation type of thing. And she she wants some a fact-finding mission to, you know, the players to figure out who's who's behind this. So kind of two directions. I don't Maybe it's a coin flip for, for one of those, unless something is, you know, sparking with you, but.
0: I'm I'm just here to facilitate, so it's whatever whatever you feel the spirit is moving you to. What do you think Thistle would be more interested in asking the player characters to help with? Especially since her deepest darkest secret apparently is that she's in love with one of the player characters. So how is that going to affect the dynamic of them uh, asking for help?
1: This is true. Um, hmm, I think yeah, I I am going to roll for it. So I'll let you know in a second which uh what I get. Okay. Okay, so I was going to say one through a roll of d6, one through three was going to be the the materials fetch quest. So we'd imagine, you know, someone's commissioned her. Someone very important has commissioned a a painting, and she needs a particular material in order to accomplish it. So mm-hmm. she needs someone to to go get it.
0: <laughs> Are we going to leave it up to the dungeon master in this particular circumstance to kind of come up with the idea of? why this particular shade of paint is so rare and she needs the player characters to go and see to it. Or um, is it something else like, Oh, this other painter I know has this shade and they're kind of bogarting it. And I need you to go get it because that's the shade that I need to finish this painting. Like they're a former student of mine or they're a rival or I don't know anything like that. Or it's just like, it's in this really obscure market you know it's it's the third shop down once you're in the weird part of town you just knock on the door and then the guy will let you in and then you just ask for this paint and gets it to you you don't ask too many questions about what makes up the paint but it's it's a good paint that i've been using for the last 600 years
1: (laughs) those are all really good um huh one of the ideas i i had was uh I guess this would be maybe a little bit up to DM discretion in that, you know, I kind of think of like, oh, you know, like there's an actual, I'm forgetting the exact species or what what color it actually makes, but there's a story I heard from, you know, art history that there were parts of history that that tell of like certain pigments were acquired by harvesting this particular, like a, a, a muscle, like a, you know, clam type thing. And oh, there's this type, the species of beetle that like, you can only like get the shade of green if you... Do that so perhaps it's something where like you hmm, i would say she would either send them to somebody who like lives in the nearby insert you know woods or mountains or you know whatever setting and then maybe they're like a druid or a hermit or somebody who grows this stuff and various encounters could happen along the way or it's literally a quest to you're gonna have to fight something in order to harvest a particular part that's She knows how to if you you know you get the the tooth of this or the shell of that or the feather of this you know, maybe you know the DM could be a little creative with what they want that to be maybe they Mm -hmm. get to pick the color. But it's maybe a a monster you have to defeat and this particular part makes a very good pigment and uh, she would like that.
0: So you are leaving that up to dungeon master discretion as to um, exactly where the pigment is located, whether it's a finished product or, hey, I need you to go kill this thing so that way I can use my skills to make it into the pigment that I need it to be.
1: I think so, only because, I mean, if you can drop Thistle into any campaign, whether it's You know, you're currently in a big city, or you're on the coastline, or you're venturing through a forest village or something. Hopefully, the DM can then use whatever setting you're you're in and uh, kind of you know customize it to what your players like to do, the setting that you're in. Yeah,
0: if that's an option. (laughs) All right. So we have two questions to consider then, based on the side quest of acquiring this final mystery ingredient for the elusive pigment. Uh, what's going to be the reward for success? How is Thistle going to reward the party? Is she going to profess her undying love?
1: I mean, for one person, yeah, one person is going to have a great day or bad day. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly one of the rewards could be money. You know, she she probably has a, a a long long history of paying adventurers to acquire her these rare pigments, and so you know she's done well for herself, mm-hmm. and you know she can probably pay some money. Um, Or, you know, probably would want to offer maybe to this paramour of hers, you know, a free portrait. She's very well known and it can be traded, Mm. maybe not traded away, but you know, if you traded it for a a painting, her artwork, I imagine is is well known in that region. Mm. It, It sells for a good price. So
0: It adds a lot of material value to your stronghold. So you build a stronghold, and then she makes you a portrait. You hang it right over the mantelpiece, and you're like, "Yes, this really ties the room together, and just makes your place that much cooler." (laughs) Sure. But now we have to consider the opposite. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to go fetch the elusive pigment?
1: Ooh, well, is she going to be heartbroken? Well, I mean, for sure, the person that she's in love with is uh, you're going to have a spurned lover, oh. <laughs> you know, pining after you and maybe sending people to check on you, how you're doing, wherever you are. <laughs> um, um, I would think, though, in general, that, um, you know, given that she probably works with nobility, people who are of means word might get around that she was stiffed by some people who said they would take a job or turned her down. You know, she probably chats and rubs elbows and your reputation in her particular area might, uh, if you need any favors from the uh, well-to-do, you might find some cold shoulders. Mm. Maybe even some merchants who she works with to get her materials might uh, raise, raise the price a little bit on some things.
0: Interesting. Hitting the players where it hurts. In the pocketbook. (laughs)
1: No. <laughs> I guess I would say maybe to go along with her personality, at least the people in her immediate community, um, her own little reputation. Like I imagine she does have kind of a close circle of friends, but she's also got again kind of this reputation as like, oh thistle, you know, she she's a little, you know, like every, everyone kind of knows that she's a little bit eccentric. Um, not to don't touch her paints, don't touch her brushes. Like if you just don't <laughs> you know that type of <laughs> that type of thing um but also like respect like she does beautiful work she, she's well known and again that kind of kind of she does like she looks out for her neighbors and while she may be a little little kooky <laughs> a little <laughs> interesting she has a good heart and uh, you know takes care of her community as well so yeah
0: all right well we've learned uh, so much about thistle then that i think it's time we head into a random encounter random encounter is brought to you by reaper miniatures they have been texas titans of the tabletop industry since 1994 they're right here in our backyard of dfw and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store they make everything from paints to gaming accessories and stream on twitch and youtube with tutorials and interviews whatever system you're running whatever game you're playing reaper miniatures has got you covered Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50, I know that changed recently. After you spend X amount of dollars, they're going to throw in a cool new mini of the month uh, for free with your order. And it's always something new, so, you know, more incentive to come back and shop with them every month. If you visit uh, my website or you check the show notes, you should find a link to support Sidekicks and Sidequests. So that way you can get your savings. By clicking that link in the show notes or through my website, you're helping to track the traffic that Sidekicks and Sidequests sends to Reaper Miniatures, and that just helps us to continue to combine our powers of might. At this point, I had some gift cards saved up for Christmas that the wife and I used, and we got a bunch of new cool minis that we're going to paint up. And I checked my inbox again recently, had another $50 gift card. So again, thank you, everybody, uh, for using that referral link and uh, going to Reaper Miniatures through that way. So again, be sure to check out the link on my website in the show notes. Use that to get to Reaper Miniatures and follow them on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right. So now that we are here in the random encounter section, we're going to do a role play vignette of a representation of when we come across Thistle, uh, what is she going to be like? And we have a couple different ways we could do this. She could meet one of the podcast NPCs and uh, commission the quest that way. Or if you kind of have an idea of a scene that you'd like her to be represented in, we could do that and I could just, you know, riff on the spot. Uh, What are you thinking? I know the podcast has, at this point, four NPC characters to use. Duncan, the suicidally brave, happy-go-lucky adventurer. We have Sonya, the warrior woman, multi-classed into Paladin. We have Korak, the lawful evil, arcane trickster dwarf. And then we have, brand new, uh, Chrisley, the wood elf, botanist, herbalist, uh, shy druid. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I didn't have anything kind of pre-prepared or a scenario, so we can, let's go with one of the uh, NPCs.
0: So of those four, which are you most interested in kind of playing off against?
1: Hmm. I think, <laughs> I mean, Duncan's a classic, um, but the, uh, was it Chrisley, the the shy druid? Mm-hmm. I think he also seems like he'd be fun to play off of too, so.
0: Okay, you want to go with Chrisley? Sure. Okay. Let's try out the new guy. All right, we will set the scene then. So where we last left our hero, Chrisley, uh, she was helping Atta, uh, the half-orc, half-dryad druid of the Dovecote Café. She was acquiring a magic mushroom bit from the caves that were south of the swamps uh, of her ruins, of her café, uh, to bring it back to her. And so now uh, after some experimental kombucha tea potion drinking, uh, she's a little more equipped with some potions. And of course, along the way, Chrisley was happy uh, as a representative of the Wode to continue documenting all the new plants and animals she was finding and being nature's champion. Uh, And it's not long before, you know, uh, Atta kind of points her in a direction of kind of like this nearby royal city and so, Christy makes her way, and of course, you know she's a she's a spring chicken of her early hundreds, and uh, you know, getting to finally interact with with people, and she finds herself in this in this royal city, and uh, she's just kind of blown away by civilization. She's never come across anything like this. We will say that in this particular case, uh, maybe we are near uh, some sort of merchant district. And uh, the arts, artsy-fartsy part, you know, she's trying to look for any interesting animals or plants. She's trying to, you know, shyly keep to herself. Uh, but we'll say this, um, oh, this perfectionist, quirky sort of outburst is overheard as uh, as someone is uh, berating or uh, perhaps uh, incredulous uh, with, the, with a certain merchant of a lacking ingredient or something.
1: Sounds good. That's a really good setup uh yeah so chrisley would walk up to a uh kind of like I, I would say the seafood kind of section <laughs> um and there stands feathers bristled out in their full glory <laughs> mm-hmm. um kind of in, in profile i would say you see this you know kind of medium height uh, sky elf woman in her older years just Almost red in the face at this point, kind of pulling out her hair a little bit. Kind of, you kind of would overhear her going like, "What do you mean you don't have what I need?" And I, I have a deadline to meet. Goodness, oh, this is awful. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this. And just mutters, starts muttering to herself as she kind of starts turning away and, and
0: looks kind of lost in thought. Chrisley is like so nervous and not wanting to, um, I guess, disturb anyone that she inadvertently. Uh, fails to notice or she like gets so engrossed in the outburst or something that she just kind of bumps into her and doesn't realize and she, she's like oh her notes all fall down on the ground she's like oh my goodness and she like she's scooping up her notes and trying to collect them and as a uh, thistle turns around to look at her i mean i'm sure thistles met all kinds of elves and all sorts of peoples over her years but maybe perhaps not seen one this new or fresh into the world from the woad uh, because she can still see that there are bits of like organic matter and life and like these vestiges of her old uh, elven ways back in the woad you know they're slowly disappearing as she's getting more acclimatized To civilization and stuff like that, but maybe colors or something that she just hasn't seen in a while. So with her quirky nature, she just kind of like is drawn to the fact of like this wood elf druid is like has colors that she hasn't seen in a while. Maybe that sparks her creativity or something.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Kind of bumping into her kind of takes her out of the uh, state of mind she was in. Like, oh, let me let me help you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and kind of helps her get cleaned up. And then yeah, pauses as as she looks at a. Chris like, oh my goodness, aren't you a spry young thing? I haven't seen someone. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful. And she starts just almost like a bird, like preening over Chris, whether she wants it or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, Chris like just admiring. kind of freezes. She recognizes that uh this elf is her elder and she just As she's very deferential and she, you know, she like listens to the council and you know, she has this charge, and so she respects her elders, So she just kind of she just kind of freezes and lets this will do what she's doing.
1: Yeah. She's not like touching her all over. It's more just kind of like pointing out certain things, saying different colors and there's 50 different shades of blue and then red and whatever. She's spouting out names. It's like completely lost and just admiring uh, the appearance of this, this young, young one in front of her. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the middle of that, you, you see her kind of like snap to attention almost. And she would say, you know, like, you look like you know your way around, plants. Is that right?
0: Uh, she'll open up her book and she'll be like, "I've I've been sent from the Wode and I I'm to I'm to document all my findings and and to help defend nature as the Wode has directed me." Um, and you can, you start flipping through and, you know, she's not that far into her book, but you do see that, you know, she's kind of a bit of an artist herself, amateurish in a way, but you can see that there are these fairly detailed sketches of, like, various plants and you know she's written her notes in elvish and you know kind of like maybe from a more druidic point of view so she's talking about things of like as if she's talking to plants or like she knows plant names on a deeper level so maybe kind of like a different relation to nature than maybe what thistle is normally like a different quirky when suddenly one quirky meets like a completely different quirky that actually kind of makes her kind of take a moment to step back Um, But yeah, she kind of shows you the notes. And so she's like, Yeah, I've, you know, I was just recently in these swamps and these caves. And there was, oh, and she starts going into this whole like long drawn out tangent about funguses and, you know, swamp gas, bullfrogs, and all these sorts of things uh, that if you just let her go, she'll ramble for another half hour unless you intervene and stop her.
1: Thistle's absolutely looking at the the sketchbook, admiring, and it's like, it starts to pull out one of her own, you know, show me, show me yours. I'll show you mine. Mm. Um, it's like, Oh, excellent. Excellent. I need this. And she just flips to a particular page in this for as like put together as she is like this sketchbook is just pages stuck together, things sticking out, but like strangely organized. And we'll open it up to a particular page where there are a few different sketches and drawings, but she'll point to one in the page. And we'll just say insert you know, berry or bark or fish or what whatever the thing is that this particular color comes from. Um, she'll point to that and be like, do you know what this is? It's found in the forest just over here. You know, forest coastline, insert your uh your location there and will essentially, you know, insist that uh this young elf looks like she needs a little bit of direction and looks like she's not doing anything particular. So like I'll I'll, I'll pay well for it or if you want to Richard, I'm a very well-known artist, but I would really appreciate, I'm really in a bind and just kind of ramble on about this deadline she has for a,
0: a commission. We'll say uh that, you know, like I said, Chrisly is very deferential to her elders and the fact that this elder is exasperated about a deadline, she's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't want you to be inconvenienced. The gods above forbid that you be inconvenienced. So yes, let me drop everything and take care of this for you. I know my way around plants and animals, it's no problem. I can I can go fetch you this ingredient. Uh, and then I can, you know, make my new discoveries along the way and document them and, and and then be able to return that information to the woad. Very good. All right. And so then I suppose without a further moment's hesitation, um, probably she'll ask like, Oh, where can I find you? And stuff like that. But aside from that, she's just probably so gonna... give
1: her the address for her studio.
0: Yeah. She'll probably just take off like a, like a bird, you know, just like shooting off real fast. And, uh, you know, before uh, Thistle has a moment to be like, no, let me tell you about this one time when I did this thing. And then she's like, oh, she's gone already. Like, oh, okay, All right. Well, I guess I'll head back to my studio and just wait for her to show up. Yeah, pretty much. And scene. So, cool. yeah, there we go. (laughs) All right. So you feel like that was a pretty good representation of, of Thistle in this particular happenstance, circumstance?
1: Yeah, I think so. Kind of playing up that, you know, sort of she's in a, a huff, but as soon as some, you know, sign that order can be restored to her work, you know, she gets focused and, you know, very, very directly, but, you know, interacts with the, the players and uh, yeah, DMs feel free to, you know, insert your own detail into in that interaction. But yeah, I think that's pretty good.
0: That was fun. So now that you've had uh, an opportunity to see Thistle in a random encounter, are you already forming the mental picture of how you're going to draw thistle Uh, because spoiler alert uh, this episode is going to have artwork for thistle that we'll be able to provide in the uh, the write-up of the character is that correct
1: Uh, that's the plan yeah yeah yeah, this has been really helpful yeah building out the uh, the physical description and then again even mannerisms and way of interacting will inform even just like you know posture and um, you know, express facial expression, but yeah, I, I'm already forming a pretty good picture in my head.
0: Do you think that's a way that more graphic artists and designers should go about approaching whether they're D and D characters or anything else? It's like, you know, maybe take a moment to inhabit the character and kind of see them in a situation, and then you start getting that idea of like, oh, this is how they move, this is how they would gesticulate, and this is how they would uh, present themselves in society and stuff.
1: I think it's absolutely helpful. Um, It it goes back, I think, one of the reasons why I've gotten so much inspiration for my own artwork from D&D, you know, for many years. It was kind of like the leading inspiration source uh, for just my own personal work. Um, Kind of goes back to like when I was a kid, like I said, I would, you know, narrate these stories and kind of, like you said, inhabit these characters. And I took a lot of inspiration even from Disney animators and stuff like that. Fascinated with animation, how they themselves, like they encourage new artists to do that you know come up with a voice come up with a the way they would move and it, it totally brings more life and uh kind of new surprises to to your work um and i, I love just that you know dnd has a built-in prompt generator if you're looking for an idea for a new, you know something to draw or you, you've got an idea but you're kind of stuck roll some dice and uh you know give it a shot
0: very good and uh, as we are here in the final thoughts section of the show this is the ending and this is the part where I like to give the platform, the soapbox, the stage over to the guest. And so if there's anything else that you want to share about your experience here today, if there's any socials, if there's any projects or things that you're involved with uh, that we're able to know about, uh, go ahead and plug those here and now. Sure.
1: Well, we'll see in the coming weeks if I can get my act together. Um, I am working on rebuilding and reintroducing um, an art dedicated web presence again, for many years, <laughs> dedicated myself to being a mom and, you know, focusing on my professional work. So not much personal work to show, but more recently. So I, uh, maybe in like show notes or something like that, when this episode comes out, I'll have something to include where you can can look me up. But no, this is fun. I mean, I love, you know, one of the reasons I fell in love with d d beyond just, you know, getting together with friends and whatnot, but just the storytelling, the communal storytelling as an artist, it's just, Oh my goodness, a cornucopia of ideas, you know, it's a uh, ripe ground for that. And it's really inspiring. It, it, and I'll say uh, it was really a big help for me, you know, in the past few years, just like keeping inspired and uh, keeping creating. And so I'm really thankful for it. I'm really excited to see, you know, stuff like, like this, like this podcast that you do, you know, web streams and just, and, and the art that's coming out of kind of this groundswell of interest in the game but again i don't know it just kind of goes back to what i said in the beginning what i'm passionate about is you know whether it's D or it's art or it's writing or whatever it may be you know especially if you're a parent but you don't have to be you know but especially given the times that we have lived through as of late mm-hmm. um it's become very apparent that like you know life is short make fun a priority find something that you do that is for no other reason than it's just fun make it ridiculous make it silly and prioritize that because it's so important it's just it's the flavor it's what makes life worth living you know and share it with people you know share it and and i I have my own hesitations sometimes about sharing my own personal work but uh Mm -hmm. you know it, it brings others joy and uh you know share the good
0: yeah no i i definitely get spoiled uh at our job at work uh when we're able to talk because uh you know she may be selling herself short but you know she does phenomenal work and so whenever we get to discuss uh npc characters from our campaign and she's like look what i whipped up and i'm like you just whipped this up in like a, a 20 minute coffee break <laughs> she's like yeah no big deal brush my shoulders and it's She does amazing stuff. And so I can't wait to uh, get that all in the show notes and, you know, for her to revitalize her uh, social media (laughs) presence. So then that way you too can see the amazing artwork of NPCs and player characters pending discussing with them and all that good stuff on social medias and all that stuff. You can see the crazy cool talent Uh, that's coming (laughs) from Catherine. Thank you so much for being a guest on Sidekicks and Sidequests. And, you know, obviously I'm going to see you the next day and uh, (laughs) we'll be sure to have you back as a guest on the show before too long.
1: Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've never done something like this before. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great
0: experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksandSidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master or you've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychoists is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property, Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on! one, two, one, two, three, five! Psychics, sind